Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 102 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Pink Skills answers your table tennis questions. Today is Technique Tuesday, so Alois will talk about an important skill that you should be working on. We'll also talk about Mima Ito and her amazing game, and we'll also discuss why players wipe their hands at the net, a problem many people are facing when playing doubles, and overcoming heavy pushes. As always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Morning, Jeff. And uh, yeah, an interesting show, and, and we're going to start Technique Tuesday. Let's see how that goes today. Yes, indeed. Technique Tuesday. So um, everybody give us some feedback on the different segments and let us know what's good, what's not, and if you've got any ideas for other segments. Uh, exciting times, Alois. Yeah, it is. It is. The Ask Coach show is, you know, taking over the world. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Um, so the previous Ping Skillers question of the day, Alice, was, is the rest of the world catching up to China? What are your thoughts? Yeah, just, it, I, I have a little feeling that they are. Um, I have a little feeling that, you know, maybe with... So many other sports now being introduced to China that maybe the rest of the world will have a bit of a chance because perhaps all of their best athletes aren't going into table tennis. You know, in the in the past we used to always think that you know that was their major sport, the um, the sport that they played all the time. But you know, looking at looking at Chinese media and that sort of thing, it it doesn't appear that way anymore. Um, it doesn't appear that table tennis is the premier sport there. Um, so it'll be interesting over the next few years as to how that develops. The other thing is that, you know, Zheng Zike and Ma Long struggled at times during uh, the German Open, you know. So are they, are they starting to come back to the pack? Who knows? We'll see. We'll see over the next couple of years. But... Um, I just get this little feeling that maybe, maybe the rest of the world has got a little bit of a sniff. I mean, don't forget, but they've still got, you know, Fang Zendong coming through and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, let's see. Yeah, interesting. Um, we, we will see. And um, we've got the Worlds coming up. And then in a couple of years, we'll, we'll see how the younger players are progressing. At the moment, Alice, I'm going to say they're not really making big gains. Um, but uh, let's keep a close eye on it and see what happens in the future. All right. Now, the Pink Skillers question for today is, what age did you start playing table tennis? So jump on to our website, www.pingskills.com, and leave a comment to let us know what age did you start playing table tennis. All right. Now, Alois, it is time for... Technique Tuesday. What are we going to talk about today? Well, Technique Tuesday. Yes, interesting. So I thought um, today we'd, we'd talk about the flick. Um, just because over the last probably a couple of months, I've just sort of had better feeling about the, the flick and, and the stroke and um, teaching teaching the flick. So one thing that I've, I've started to feel a lot more is that when, when we're teaching the flick, to really open up that bat um, at the start. And it's almost like you're pushing the ball forward um, first 
and then going over it. So rather than even just doing a little a little top spin, it there's more of that pushing forward type of stroke and really opening out, especially on the forehand, really opening out the wrist a lot. So by opening out the wrist, um, you can then uh, allow it to come through. So, so you're now using your wrist this way and you're starting to um, be able to generate a little bit more speed and a little bit more power that way. So try that, try that technique with the flick. So really open out your racket, open up the bat, push forward on the ball and then go over, go over the ball. I think it's a little bit why the backhand flick always seems a bit easier because the wrist is naturally working that way on the backhand. So it's coming forward this way to, to be able to flick. So with the forehand flick as well now, just really try to open that the angle of your, your wrist up that way so that you can come forward on the ball um, when you're making the flick. It's an it's a interesting little um, way to approach it. Um, and uh, give it a try yourself and see how that works for you, um, especially with the forehand flick. Excellent advice there, Alois. Interesting to um, just get that slightly different perspective. And, uh, and yeah, get out there, everybody, and try using your wrist as Alois described and see what results you get. Yeah, All right. um, I remember yeah. there was a Chinese player quite a few years ago now, uh, Ma Wenger. Ma Wenger had an, an incredible flick, and I remember watching him him play. and And at the time, I remember copying what he was doing and the feeling that he had, and it really felt right, and it really felt good when I was flicking um, the way that Ma Wenger was flicking. He had, um, and and now thinking back about it all, I think that was the real key for Ma Wenger's flick. Um, if you go back and uh, and do a bit of a search on YouTube. I'm sure there's plenty of footage of Ma Winger, Chinese player, of course, um, and uh, and just watch his uh, his forehand flick in particular at the time. He used to really almost smash the ball with uh, with his flick. So yeah, take a look at that. Indeed, indeed. All right, let's move on to some questions, Alois. First one is from Daniel, who's jumped on using the Google Q and A app and asked a question. So thanks for that, Daniel. He's um, said, hey, thank you all for the great information, guys. And he says, I am a penhole player and I play at a club and I've been told that I need to return the ball more to extend the rally. But my issue is that I serve and wait for my third ball and then I usually do a forehand topspin with a ton of power. Is this wrong? Um, it's only wrong if it's missing. Um, <clears throat> so, Daniel, if... If you're if you're making seventy percent or eighty percent of those shots, then it's okay. But perhaps people are seeing that you um, a little bit more erratic than that. Maybe it's only a fifty-fifty proposition of your forehand topspin going on or less. So if that's the case, then maybe you need to start to think about just toning it down a little bit. So um, getting a little bit more consistency with that with that forehand topspin. So. Um, it, it'd be interesting just if you got someone to sit down and just do a little, a few stats on one or two of the games that you played. All you need to um, mark down is um, did my did my forehand top spin go on or off, um, and uh, and just see. You know, have, have a, 
look at the percentage of shots that you're making um, on the third ball there. So if people are saying that you you might need to tone it down, then maybe that's what they're seeing. So take a little bit um, of time to just consider it and see uh, see what see what uh, comes of it. So if you if you're missing too many, just slow it down, make a little bit more topspin rather than speed, and see how you go there. All right, excellent advice there, Alois, and try that out, Daniel, and hopefully you'll gain some insights into your own game and uh, figure out what to do next. All right, next question is from Marv, and Marv says, I have noticed that a lot of players will place their flat hand on the table next to the net between points. Why do they do this? Is it some kind of rule or is it a superstition? What is it, Alloys? Yeah, we get this question a bit because it is it is really intriguing when you see um, see these players just walking up to the table and they get their hand and they rub it on the table near the net. Um, what they're basically doing is wiping the sweat off their hand. Um, so because you can only towel down after every six points, um, that's just a, a little way of um, keeping that hand dry in between each point. But I think in some uh, situations it does almost develop into a superstition or a ritual or a or a or a pre-point routine as well. So um, sometimes you might not need to even wipe your hand on the table, but um, the players are going up and just wiping their hand uh, on the table near the net. Um, as just part of their pre-point routine. So so that's the main reason they're doing it though. They're just uh, wiping the sweat off their hand. So if your hand does get too sweaty, um, you it you back might um, slip in your hand a bit and it's hard to get the right feel of the grip. So so that's why they're doing it. Yeah. So but it does yeah. look really intriguing, doesn't it? It it does, yeah. And also, um, if your hand, your non-playing hand, gets too sweaty, you the ball might get some sweat on it, which is terrible. So that's another reason they're trying to keep their hands dry all the time. But yeah, thanks for the question, Marv. One we get all the time. Okay, Thomas says, I played some doubles in my club, and one player got really angry at me because I was standing in the middle of the table while I was serving. He said that my playing partner cannot see well enough, so while serving, I should stand at the side. What do you think about this situation, Alois? Yeah, so firstly, um, there's no rule, so you're allowed to stand wherever you want. Obviously, you need to serve from your right-hand side diagonally, so you have to be far enough over to be able to get that um, first bounce on your right-hand box. But you're allowed to stand wherever you want. Um, if, if it's just a matter of, um, thinking about um, your partner, then you need to work that out with your your doubles partner. If you do stand too far over this way, um, are you getting in their way of being able to hit the next ball, or are you serving the ball and even moving out this way so that your partner can come in? So, um, yeah, so there's no definitely no rule about it, but um, you need to consider your playing partner. Think about um, what works best with that with your movement. So. If you're here and your partner's here, perhaps they are getting blocked with vision, so they need to stand a little bit further over here, um, over to their backhand corner. So that might just take them a little bit more time to come in. But if it works for you, keep going with it. If it doesn't, talk to your partner, work out how you can um, uh, position yourself a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the key. Talk to your partner. 
Um, and as Alois said, you work something out. Either you can stand further over or they can stand wider to start with so they can see. And yeah, just practice a few different types of scenarios and see which works for your your pairing. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so if, you're, if you're over here, you're probably trying to do a forehand serve, um, which might be a stronger serve, which might also be better. Um, if you go too far over to the right-hand side, then you probably have to do a backhand serve, which you might not be used to as well. So just yeah, consider all of those things. Indeed. All right. Good question, Thomas. All right. Uh, next up, Alan um, has jumped online, Alois, and he said, um, I am happy and sad right now. I finally beat a guy that I could not beat for two months, and that is why I'm happy. But after that, I lost uh, to a guy who is weaker than me. It's probably because I underestimated him. Has this ever happened to you? Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. So, um, Alan, especially if you played him soon after you had just beaten the guy that you hadn't beaten for two months, you know, sometimes when you have that sort of win, um, you get pretty excited and over the, over the top and um, your focus or you lose a bit of focus. So that happens all the time. You often see in tournaments... Um, as players progress through and they have a really breakout win, um, maybe in the quarterfinals, they find it really difficult in the semi-final then to to knuckle down and um, and focus again and try to win that next match. So um, completely normal, Alan. Um, and you know, it, it, I suppose it just also comes down to the fact of you know each player is different, each match is different, um, and just the delicate balance of um, your um, your preparation and your mental approach to each match as well. It makes such a big difference to the result. So, yeah, I mean, fantastic that you beat that guy that you've been struggling to beat. Okay, sensational. Another lesson you've now learned is that after those sort of wins, uh, you need to maybe just take a couple of minutes to just settle yourself back down uh, and get ready again for the next challenge. Okay, yeah. So I guess is that the is that the biggest takeaway from this? Just to try and um, get ready for the next match and and prepare as well as you can. And is there anything specific you can do um, after you have a big win like that and you've got another match to play? Yeah, I think um, one thing is that you should you should try to develop a pre-match routine. So something that you do in the five minutes or ten minutes or half an hour before you play a match, depending on how long you you usually have. So in that time, so it might be a simple routine of doing a few stretches, a few warm-ups, um, a little bit of jogging around and preparing yourself. So then after your big win, you need to make sure you go back to that routine um, so that then things start to get a little bit more normal again for that next important match. Okay, great advice there. And hopefully that helps you out, Alan, and well done on your victory and just keep on working and keep on getting better. And as Alois likes to say, good days will come. <laughs> All right. Um, now, uh, oh, Victor's just jumped on and given us a bit of kudos, Alois. He said, you are the best coaches in the world. Your tips are great and you're inspiring all ping skillers. And if a Hall of Fame existed, then you should be there. Thanks for all the tips and uh, more, all you have given us. Oh, thanks for those kind words, Victor. Very nice to hear. Um, all right. Now, um, Rob, let me find. Yeah, Rob Alois 
asked a question. He says, I have a major problem when playing against pushers who push with heavy backspin. It doesn't matter what I do, I only get back heavy backspin balls and this guy serves long backspin to my backhand. What can Rob do, Alois? Yeah, so he also, as part of the extended question, he said, you know, even when I serve, if I serve with topspin, he pushes and it comes back with backspin. So the one stroke that you need to work on and to really um, try to consolidate is the topspin against backspin ball. So this is a stroke that's so, so important in table tennis. Um, the conversion from the backspin to the topspin to put you into a more attacking position. If you start to topspin more effectively against that backspin ball, then they won't be able to return it. The ball will just go up really high and you'll be able to do something um, more positive with it. So, so really work hard on that forehand topspin against backspin and also the backhand topspin against backspin. If you can um, get stronger at those two shots, then the whole game changes. You don't get stuck into a push-to-push -push rally. Um, you can start to take the initiative in the rally. Yeah, absolutely. I remember for me, Alois, this was a difficult shot to learn when I was first playing table tennis. It took took some time for me to get the hang of it. Um, are there any tips for practicing this type of um, stroke? Yeah, probably the best way is multi-ball um, because you get a repetitive... Um, practice against the same stroke. So just get someone to uh, grab a bucket of balls and just feed them out to you with backspin um, and just practice the topspin, practice the topspin against the backspin ball. Excellent. All right. Well, good luck with that, Rob. Keep working on that. And then, as Alloy said, once you get that shot mastered, the game will totally change for you and you'll have so many more options. Okay. Now, Nigel... Alois has asked a question about Mima Ito. He says, what areas of her table tennis game can Mima, uh, Ito Mimo work on in the coming years? She appears to have virtually no weakness in her game when I was watching. Also, what strategy would you employ to beat that style of play? Yeah, so, um, so Nigel put the comment on uh, yesterday's blog from uh, yesterday's Ask the Coach show. Yesterday we talked a lot about... Um, the German Open um, that just finished um, on the weekend. And Mima Ito won the uh, women's singles. She's 14 years old, incredible talent, an incredible player already. So, yeah, for, for, out of 14, you know, you're winning um, World Tour titles. Where do you go? Um, it's interesting watching her play. I mean, she's, she looks fantastic. When the ball's coming fast at her... Um, and um, it's in her zone. She does look incredibly um, good and, and almost unbeatable. Um, the one thing that I think is a hole in her game at the moment is the ball that is a little bit shorter on the table with more topspin. So she often struggles to come in and play that um, block or that attack off that sort of ball. So perhaps um, if I was giving her advice, and she doesn't need too much advice, but just moving in and out a little bit more and being able to press on that um, shorter topspin ball um, when, when her opponent uh, plays that sort of variation. So, um, yeah, I mean, her lateral movement is fantastic. Even though she's so, so short, she covers the table really well. But, yeah, just that in and out movement, especially off that 
heavy topspin ball that lands about half table um, is the one that um, I saw Patricia Solvia giving her some problems with um, initially. Excellent. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch her progress, Alois, um, and see if this win um, takes her on to bigger and better things, and especially with the Worlds just around the corner, it's going to make for interesting viewing. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't really expect a lot of her at the World Championships. Um, you know, I think I think it will still be a big occasion for her, um, and don't forget the, the big Chinese players are coming in into that event. So, um, yeah, but it will be interesting to see her progress over the next couple of years for sure. You know, um, we've seen a few young players, probably not this young, that, you know, tend to can fade out as well. I mean, lots, lots happen. I mean, have a think about it. She's a 14-year-old girl. You know, there's so much happening in, in a 14-year-old's life. Um, so over the next couple of years, um, I mean, she looks completely focused and all that sort of stuff. So I expect that she'll just progress and become one of the top players in the world on the ranking list. Um, but, you know, just give her a little bit of time, give her a little bit of leeway because, uh, yeah, it, I mean, table tennis does take a lot of time. And just to get those few extra points from where she is now to where Ding Ning is, um, takes, it just takes time. You know, it, it do, just doesn't happen in, in a few months. Indeed, indeed. Um, okay, well... Um Victor's just asked another question related to that, Alloys, which is, um, who is the best player right now? Yeah, we, I think we talked about this a little bit the other day. So, um, you know, in the men's, probably Ma Long. In the women's, I think Ding Ning. Um, will they win the Worlds? Who knows? Um, you know, Zhang Zikur is strong in big matches um, against Ma Long. Um, and, uh, you know, Li Jiajia... Um, has also proved herself um, to, to uh, be strong winning the last Olympics. So, yeah, but I, I, think, I think Ding Ning and Ma Long are the strongest players at the moment. Indeed, yeah, I'd have to agree with that, Alois. <laughs> well, that wraps up uh, show 102. Um, go to our website, pingskills.com, and... Uh, Leave a comment to answer the Ping Sealers question of the day and leave any thoughts on um, our new segment, Technique Tuesday. Um, we're always open to advice. And if you haven't, while you're there, sign up for our free newsletter. Lots of uh, great table tennis tips we send out uh, on a weekly basis. So thank you, everybody, for watching, and thank you, Alloys. Thanks, Jeff, and uh, yes, uh, have a great day, Ping Skillers, and let's work on that flick and see how that flick works for you. Indeed. See you, everyone. <laughs>